0: I just want to take a just. 10 seconds and introduce uh, Candace Duke. Uh, she's here with us as a guest. She's she's come and hung out with Melody in Montreal uh, for the holidays. And Candace and Melody met in Amsterdam at Master's Commission in this Discipleship Mission School that they're a part of. But uh, Candace originally comes from Houston. And uh, I've just talked to her on the phone yesterday for the first time and then met her today face-to-face. Uh, but Melody helped us set this up. And so we're really grateful to have Candice. Candace has an extraordinary life story uh, and I'm sure you're going to you're going to enjoy that. By the way, let me just say this. If you have children here in elementary school, it's not probably not the best environment for them to be in with part of Candace's story. So, I'd encourage you to get them to Kid's Quest for that or if you, like, if you ever watch a PG movie and you want to like, block their ears, then that's up to you. <laughs> but just part of Candice's life uh, is, uh, would, is not good for elementary school kids. But we're glad our high school kids are here because we want them to, uh, to hear that as well and hear her story. Now, as, just as she comes up, take a look at the screen. And uh, she has a short spoken word piece, so you get to meet her through her, her, through her artwork and poetry.
1: I got tired of the rats and roaches. I got tired of the puff puff past the mentality of chronic blood smokers, which just causes lack of motivation. I got tired of the drug running from cocaine to ecstasy to marijuana to pills. We spent our days watching drug addicts rob houses, stealing TVs to sell at the nearest pawn shop. And when one of us would trip, we'd be reminded that we put those drugs in our pockets so we could eat. And we lived this life like it was our first choice. But in reality, it was just a pre-planned, predestined slave situation. We felt stuck. Felt stuck. We claimed we were going places, but it was like an Ecclesiastes where nothing new was under the sun. It was all meaningless. I got tired of the fakeness, it was all a lie, where you can get what you want if you're willing to give up your freedom and sometimes your life. We were chasing dreams, where everything seemed okay as long as you stayed high. You see I got tired, I got tired of the rats and roaches. And I was unwilling to roll the dice when I knew there was only two sides, death A prison life and it took me a few stab wounds to see that my future wasn't in some gang but my future was up to me so I started a search a search for something greater and soon my search was over I met a savior the one true God and because this God is good he woke me up from my ghetto dream raised me from the ashes and spoke life to me he gave me hope love and peace now I have a new life and I live it in abundance And all this happened because one day, I got tired of the rats and roaches.
0: Candice. Thanks so much for joining us today, Candice. Thanks so much for joining us.
1: Hello. Good morning. Well, my name is Candice Duke, and like he said, I am from Texas, and I'm pretty sure it's the greatest state in America. So I am a third-year student at Master's Commission in Amsterdam, Nord. I go to school with Melody. She's a really good friend of mine. And I'm here in Canada for Christmas break, and I'm really enjoying the snow. It's awesome. <laughs> I'm, like, shoveling just to shovel and, like, just jumping in snow for no reason. It's really, it's really fun. I'm thankful, really, for the opportunity to speak at your church. I I really appreciate the opportunity. And before we start, and before I actually share my story, I really was just touched when y'all did the countdown, because I don't think I've actually just taken a second to realize that we're in 2015. And it's really, it's humbling, especially when I tell you my story, to realize that I've made it to this year, because I shouldn't even be here. And so when we're doing the countdown, and as we're singing these songs, and and just in worship, God really touched my heart. And and I was so thankful and grateful to even be here in January 2015. It's such an, a privilege to, to live life and get opportunities to redeem yourself and, and to have Jesus touch, touch your life and to be able to share about it. So when I was growing up, I'm just going to get into my story a little bit. I don't <clears throat> just share a little bit about my heart. When I was growing up, I didn't grow up in a normal environment. I didn't have the normal childhood, I grew up in a a human trafficking environment. My uncle, who was a doctor in Houston, on the side, ran a human traffic business. And and as a kid, I, I don't remember a lot of it, thank God. I think God really took my memories from that and blocked it. But I remember a few things. I remember meeting some of the kids he trafficked. I remember meeting some of the older ladies who who he also trafficked and I remember also meeting a few of the men that were involved in his trafficking and, and I'm, I'm not just talking about average men who struggle I'm talking about men in the community who had, had high positions cops, pastors, doctors I remember meeting these men coming in business suits sitting down and, and buying people like they were a price tag so as a kid that was really my story along many other things I grew up being sick I had seizures and I grew up being homeschooled and I was lonely but my main struggle as a kid was this abuse that was hidden that no one knew about which I felt like everyone should know about and that was it for me I thought man this, this is life I'm stuck here there's nothing really left for me to do, so I guess I guess this is, this is what I'm meant for. This is what life, life is. On top of the human trafficking, he was also into occult things, Satanism, different forms of that. And I was also introduced to that as a, as a kid at an early, early age. I think the earliest I have memories of being introduced to Satanism was around seven years old. I'm going to spare the details, but when you get into that side of things, there's a lot of demands, and a lot of rituals, and a lot of spells, and a lot of things that you have to do, and it wasn't pretty. And so as a kid, for most people, when they're young, they struggle with the idea of God, and like, does God exist? And they have all these questions, and, and they want to know, is, this, is he real? And as a kid, because of what my uncle introduced me to, I didn't really struggle with that. I knew there was a God. I would see angels. I would hear from God. I would hear him tell me, don't, don't be afraid, Candace. Don't be afraid, I'm, I'm here. I would hear that from him. On the other side, I also saw demons, and I also heard from them, and for me as a kid, I pushed all of that aside ahead of me and really became angry and said, I don't want no part of you, God, and I don't want no part of you, Satan. That's y'all. So that was my childhood, literally from four to 14 years old. When I was 14, everything that happened to me came into the light. I was at a Christian school, the teachers knew, the cops in the city knew. My parents, parents finally found out, and it, it was a struggle then because it wasn't something that was hidden. It was something that came to the light, and everyone wanted to apologize, and everyone wanted to be nice. But at that point, I was bitter, and I was angry, and all I wanted to do was die. And so my life then became a hidden secret to everyone leave me alone, and I literally isolated myself from everyone in society. I ran away from home, I became homeless. I lived under a bridge for about a year, maybe, m- maybe a little longer than a year, and I really was by myself, under a bridge, cold. I mean, it wasn't as cold as it is here, but it was cold here in the wintertime. I would climb in dumpsters at McDonald's, eat the old fries and hamburgers I could find, That was my life. That's what I knew. I was homeless. I was a kid. I was 16 years old. I was angry. And when you're that angry as a kid and you have no one and you're by yourself and you're at gas stations giving yourself baths with toilet paper, the only thing you can think of is, man, how can I get out of this anger or or let it escape from my body because what I'm feeling inside I don't like and so I began to cut myself more frequently, I began to try to kill myself more frequently, I would try to hang myself, try to shoot myself, I got hooked on drugs and none of it seemed to help me. So I thought, man, this okay, this is really my life, I'm just going to be angry, I'm going to be this angry kid, I was a dropout, homeless, until this lady took me in who just took in runaways, that's what she did, she just took in runaways all the time. It was a two-bedroom, three-bedroom house, and there was about 16 runaways. We were all high school dropouts. We were all druggies. We sold drugs, and we were all in the same gang. We were crips. And what we did for money and what we did to make ourselves feel good, because we were so hurt and we were so angry, is we made other people feel pain. That's what we did. We were hungry. We stole. We robbed. We kicked doors in at night, held guns to people's head, and said, if you move, we'll shoot you. Just give me your wallet, and we'll leave. And we did what we had to do to survive. But we were kids. We didn't know what we were doing. And that was my life till 17... When this lady who had been counseling me said, "Kenneth, I think martial arts classes will be really good for you. I think you're angry and I think God can do a work for you. I think you're not lost as, as lost as you think you are. Just give God a chance. Martial arts will really help you. And I said, no, thank you. And we fought about this for a little bit until I decided, you know, I've got to make a change here. I'm either going to end up dead or in prison. I've got to do something. Because the way I'm going down life, it's, it's not good. Most of the people, like I said, there were 16, 16 people in that house, that lady that just took runaways, and we were all kids. They kept dying. One would die after you get another, and another would pass away, and another would pass away, and I'm here, and the number went down to about 11 of us left. And I'm thinking, i got to do something, because if I don't, then this is going to be my life, and I'm stuck. So I chose to go to martial arts classes one night, and I, and I walked into the door, this is a true story, I walked into the dojo, the school, and I had a stab wound on my hand right here, the scar's still there if you would like to see it later. I had gotten into a fight with some guy over some weed, and he stabbed me with a piece of jar that had broken, and he grabbed it, and he stabbed me in my hand. And so I walk in there and I see this Puerto Rican guy, and he looks at me and he sees my hand and he says, that's a stab wound. And since I'm really hardcore and I'm gangster, I look at him, I kind of like, you know, puff my chest out. Like, that ain't a stab wound, I fell. And he's like, I'm from the Bronx. I know a stab wound when I see it. And I'm like, respect this guy. He knows. So I started going to martial arts. As, as, as many times as the door was open, I was in there. Tuesdays, Mondays, Wednesdays, any time I was there. And they began to preach the gospel to me. And I, I, But I made sure they understood that I had nothing, I didn't want anything to do with that. I just wanted to learn martial arts, and I wanted to go back to the hood and just do my thing. But they kept pursuing me, telling me about the love of God and how he can overwhelm you and, 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 and change things for you. And I kept assuring them, no thank you, I'm alright, I've talked to God, he's talked to me, and I really don't want anything to do with him, so you can just keep that to yourself I'll learn how to flip people and punch people in the face, but that's as far as I want to learn from you. But they kept doing this night after night, after night, after night, until one day I sat down on the dojo mat and this lady named Elena Torres, Rick's wife, the teacher, looked at me and I saw this light in her eyes that I can't explain. I saw this light in her eyes and I said, hey, what's that light in your eyes? (laughs) And she said, it's Jesus really happy like that. It's Jesus. Do you want him? Because you can have, you can have the same light, Candice. And I'm like, ah, it's one of those Christian talks again. We've had this conversation. No thanks. But she said, Candice, Jesus loves you. And this light I have, you can have too if you want, if you want it. Do you want it? And I thought to myself, I was 17, 18 at the time, and I said, you know, I really have nothing to lose. There's no, My life isn't going anywhere else. So I said, sure, I want it. So at 17, 18 years old, I accepted Jesus in my life, and from there, my life took a whole different direction. And it wasn't easy at times, trust me, I... There was healing processes that had to go on. There was things I had to let go of. I had to learn to not be in the hood. I had to learn to not be in a gang. I had to learn a different job than selling drugs, which was what I did growing up. And and it was tough, but my life from that one decision to follow God completely changed everything about me. Those people that spoke life into me all those times, ended up adopting me. They're now my mom and dad, and I, they're really great people. I, lo- I love them to death. They also adopted two other people, a little sister named Layla, who's five years old. She'll be six in February, and I have a sister named Jade, who's 19 years old, and that's, that's my family now. But I am here now, from that, that's, that's my story. And like I said, I could go on and tell you stories and stories of craziness as after I accepted Jesus in my life, it wasn't like a, I am in. It was very like, Ugh, I'm in one day and then the next day, like I want to get high and then the next day, like I really love the Lord, but man, this weed's great, but oh God, you're awesome and you took me from this, but I'm angry so now I want to punch something. It was this struggle And it's still a struggle, but God is good and He takes you as soon as you call out to Him. He takes you from one place and He just continues to make you better and He continues to make you better and He continues to make you better. He never leaves you where you are. So now I'm 23 years old and I've been going to master's commission for about three years I did my first year in Chicago, I did my second year in Amsterdam, I, and now I'm in my third year and I'm in Amsterdam again, and it's really amazing to me, like I said, it's amazing that I'm in 2015 because the childhood and the upbringing and everything, uh, everything I've done, like I said earlier, I should not be here, Period. But now, it's even more amazing as I think about it, because li- I'm from Texas, I'm from the hood, like, I grew up human trafficked, but now I live in Amsterdam, I'm in a theology discipleship school, but I'm here in Canada and Montreal on a Sunday at this church preaching to people about what God's done for me. And that's just... <laughs> really. And it's, all, and it's all because of... De- one decision I made on a dojo mat when I was seventeen years old. That's that's really what it comes down to. God takes you and He develops you and He molds you and you and you're never left alone no matter what you go through because in that development when you feel alone and you feel, Man, I am just a complete mess up. I don't understand how anybody could love me, he says, I do, I love you. And if you can just follow me, if you can just walk with me as I walk with you, then, we can, then I can develop you and I, and I can change you and I can rearrange some things in your life. Those stories that once you were ashamed of, those nights when men raped you, those nights when you robbed and stole for money, those, those nights when you walked home with stab wounds, those, those days when you had guns to your heads, I can make those stories worth something to tell. And they will no longer be something that you will be ashamed of, but they will be something that will scream for my glory, and they will be something that will become a blessing to you. And I am a testimony of that. Because these stories I would once not tell anyone, and now these stories are something I can't wait to tell. People ask me all the time, Hey, Candice, does it ever bother you that people want to hear your story? And I say, Man, not, not really. Like This is me. Like God has done something in me. Amazing. I have a verse, and it's Galatians 2.20, and I absolutely love this verse. And it says, I have been crucified with Christ, and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I now live, I live by faith in the Son of God who raised me and gave himself for me. Gave himself for me. So we're in 2015, and I just want to encourage you that you would take this year, and maybe you've made a decision. Maybe you have. Maybe you're like, I am 10 years in the decision. I am 25 years in the decision. But maybe you're a month in and you're questioning. Maybe you're 25 years in and you're questioning. (coughs) But I encourage you, take this year and really, really, really make a decision. Pour yourself into a decision. Because the truth is, you can't make a change without making a decision. So make it, because it will be the best thing you've ever done. It will be the best thing you ever do. And really walk in that decision. Sometimes we can make a decision, and like I said, you get, through, you get to this position, and you're like, Meh. I don't really want to pray today. It's cold outside. The snow is like making my car slide. I think maybe I'll stay home from church. It's probably safer for the children. Like, make a decision. Make a decision to follow God. Make a decision to pursue Him. Because when you do that, He will pursue you. One, you know, a few more things. I, as a, now I'm in discipleship school and I'm learning about theology and it's so funny because one of the one things I've learned is that you can spend thousands of dollars trying to learn about this book and you can spend thousands of dollars learning about God from professors who's been studying his character and his word for years. You can get really close to your pastor and he can disciple you and he can pour all of his knowledge into you but knowledge is nothing without action. You can spend your entire life trying to learn about this what it takes to be a Christian. But the reality is it's not something you can learn from a book. This is something you have to walk out for yourself. This is something you have to struggle with. Life and God, you have to fall down, get cut, get beat up, have life punch you in the face, and continue to move on to what you've been called to do. A life of sacrifice, a life of discipline, I never knew that life meant discipline, a life of God meant discipline. I never knew that, but now I'm starting to see it's really all about sacrifice. You're once for God once. So I encourage you, as you enter into 2015, to really, really pursue God's life. Really focus on sacrifice and discipline and be the best person you can be. And not for yourself, not for your family, because besides all that, the reality is you matter to God as you are right now. Maybe you're screwed up, maybe you're not, maybe you're doing well, maybe you're hurting, but as you are in your seats right now today, you matter to God. You matter not your hopes, not your dreams, not your passions, not your talents. If God were to strip all of that away and you were to stand before him right now, he would look you in the eyes and he would say, you matter to me. You matter so much that I would send my son, I would give him to you, and I would let him be crucified on some tree because that's how much you matter to me. So I encourage you to remember that as you walk out, this year as you walk out whatever God has planned for you that you would not stop and give up that you would pursue and when you're in pain remember to learn something from it you're in the opportunity to be in a a place where you're hurt you're in an opportunity maybe you'll find yourself vulnerable or aching but when you're in those positions throughout this year because we will face storms that's just a part of life Learn something from it. Let it build you. Let God take those hurt spots and let him build you and create you into a better person and to the person he wants you to be. Because the reality is is I would never be the person I am now without going through everything I've been through in my life. I am blessed, really. I'm blessed to have the story I have. Because it made me have a heart it made me be able to go through storms and persevere and, and put my, hand, my feet in concrete and say, I'm not wavering. I'm not scared to preach the gospel. I'm not. I've had guns in my face over dope. I'm not scared to have a gun in my face for Jesus. Amen. So I encourage you again. Let this year, one year, 365 days, that can change your life. Make a decision for God. And remember, Galatians 2.20, you have been crucified with Christ. You no longer live. The life you now live, you live by faith in the Son of God who loved you and gave himself for you. Thank you.
0: I'm not sure what to say because uh, just so amazing to hear uh, yeah, just the reality of God at work in someone's life. Candice, thanks for sharing your story, your heart, um, your pain, your struggle, but also your victory. And I love your humility and also your confidence and authority that you find in Jesus. It's such a beautiful thing to see when Christ changes someone's heart from the inside out. And I want to give us a chance today, as we we come to a close, uh, to respond. Uh, the challenge has been make, make a decision. Make a decision. Um, Maybe for some of us, it's making a decision to respond to the convictions God has been placing on our heart. Uh, maybe for some of us, it's making a decision to to stop or um, let go of some of the things that are blocking you from following Christ. Um, maybe for some, you've been tracking with us or you've been just exploring who Jesus is, exploring faith, and... Um, your decision today maybe is just for the first time to put your trust in Jesus. Um, and you know what? It, do, it takes trust. Uh, because when you put your trust in Christ, uh, whether you are realigning yourself to him in this moment or you're putting your trust in him for the first time, it takes trust to trust that his authority is right, to trust that his lordship is good, to trust that where he's going to lead me uh, is going to be where he wants me to trust that he's going to empower me to live the life that he has in store for me. And I'm sure when Candice was making, those cho- making that initial choice, but then making those choices along the way, it was a matter of determining, am I going to trust Jesus today? Am I going to trust him? And uh, So let's all stand as we take a moment today just to maybe solidify a decision in our own hearts between you and the Lord. just want to give you that chance to do that. And if you're, if you're making that choice for the first time today, um, or you're feeling that God has been leading you, God has been revealing himself to you, I just want to invite you, that next step is putting your trust in Jesus. The scripture says that all who call on the name of the Lord will be saved, will be rescued. That those who put their trust in him And what you're doing is is what we sang this morning about the King of Heaven. We're saying, Lord, let your kingdom come, let your will be done in my life. When you choose to trust Christ, you're saying, Lord, I I trust you as Savior, but I also trust you as Lord. Um, And it can be as simple as just just reflecting and saying, Lord, I I, want to turn away from the direction I've been walking in, from the things I've been putting my trust in, and I intentionally put my trust in you. Would you come and flood my heart and lead me and guide me as I put my trust in you, Jesus? And if that's you, just pray with me um, just this brief prayer this morning to help you invite Jesus to lead your life and call him Lord of your life. If that's where your heart is at this morning. Just pray these simple words with me. Jesus, I'm discovering you as Lord. And I want you to lead my life. I'm discovering you as Savior. And I long for you to rescue my heart from sin. I put my trust in you. And I turn from the things that I have been entrusting up until now. And I follow you. And trust you. I give my life to you, and I embrace you fully. In your powerful name, Jesus, I pray. Amen.